0: We want to welcome all of our listeners to the 20th episode of Minority Report with Eric and Carell. Each episode, we talk with real operators and leaders in digital media. Today, joining us is Ruthie Shoulder, co-founder and CEO of the Participation Agency. Let's jump in and get to know Ruthie. Ruthie, how are you?
1: I'm so good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to chat with you guys tonight.
0: Yeah, we're, we're excited to have you. Tell us a little bit about yourself. uh, What are you doing for a living? And and tell us a little bit about work.
1: Sure. So as you mentioned, I am the co-founder and CEO of the Participation Agency, which is an experiential marketing agency based in New York, but with projects globally. And to say a little bit more about the type of experiential we do is we build out 360 programs for brands that are rooted in live experience, but also amplified with a very robust digital strategy as well. That's cool. Tell us
0: uh, about where you're from. Where were you born and uh, where did you grow up?
1: Yeah, I'm from New Jersey and proud to be a Jersey girl. I still have my 201 area code, which Yay. is fun. I'm a Jersey boy. Yeah? So. yeah oh, yeah. I <laughs> yeah. have my 201 area code and I cannot even tell you how many conversations I've been able to start with people based <laughs> on that. It's been an amazing connector for me in business.
0: That's great.
1: Um I actually did uh, my studying in the city as well. So I did my undergrad at Barnard and I got my MBA from NYU. So I've been here Mm -hmm. most my whole life. Although I, I did a lot of living abroad and studying abroad during college, but I've never actually worked anywhere else but New York, which is like kind of crazy because then you just become even more bred in the hustle and craziness of the New York working culture. Yeah, yeah.
0: That's uh that's big, you know. Speaking of culture, like tell us about your family, you know, tell us about your identity and, and maybe a little bit about your background.
1: Sure. Um, I'm Jewish fully. I was raised modern Orthodox Jewish. So like my I grew up a Sabbath observer and I went to Jewish day school like my whole life like through high school and then I actually after high school I took a gap year between high school and college and I studied at a seminary in Jerusalem which is like so crazy because if anybody would know me today that's like literally feels like a completely different lifetime um but i'm i'm still culturally very very jewish i'm not particularly observant anymore but still very culturally jewish in the sense of like friday night dinners but also like i i love being a new york jew <laughs> so i'm like you know quite learned in a lot of ways but have really figured out my own path which in the tri-state area community is honestly not that easy to do but it was mm. honestly some of my travels abroad where i was taken into Jewish homes in places like Australia, where you see the way that there's just so much of a focus on family and community. And you know, it the way that all these different types of places and communities were either you know, focusing on the nice things versus maybe focusing on some some of the rules was something that really resonated with me. And then now, as like it, I get older and have become more of like a very staunch feminist in the last decade. I've been working really hard to reconcile that with traditional Judaism, which is interesting and challenging and certainly a journey.
2: So tell me about or tell us about the path to becoming a staunch feminist as you described yourself.
1: Yeah, I don't know (laughs) if there's such a clear path. I mean, I've always been, I would say, a confident person. Mm -hmm, But that mm -hmm. being said, now... That I'm in my late 30s and I'm a mother and I'm a business owner. When you realize that you could be like a smart, badass, driven, confident person Mm -hmm. and still so messed up because you spent your entire teenage years reading Cosmo and Teen Vogue and all of the conditioning that that does to you, Mm -hmm. it's like really interesting. So I kind of grew up, I would say, straddling both of those lines, but then I went to Barnard which is um, a seven sisters school. It's the women's college that's part of Columbia University. And when I was there, I met some of my best friends still today who are like every single woman that I met there is like so special and mm-hmm. so smart and so amazing. And you know, when you start to surround yourself with other strong, powerful right. females that don't, we all rub off on each other and then, you know, as I became a business owner and as my business became more successful, there's a lot of responsibility, honestly, that comes along with that. Mm-hmm. There just is. And like, I'm in client services, so I'm embedded in a lot of other company cultures. Yet I've chosen this entrepreneurial lifestyle for a reason because I'm questioning the status quo all the time and all aspects of life, to be honest. And so it's kind of just all a part of it. And it, it all has worked together to be like, Hey, that doesn't seem right. Or the way that these 25 year old women are being treated is crazy. Mm -hmm. And like, I wish somebody when I was that age was like, hey, the way you're being treated is crazy. (laughs) And I have twins and I have my twins are, I have a boy and a girl. And so I'm raising a boy and a girl at the exact same time. Mm -hmm. And that has really, Set me off on a much more staunch <laughs> feminist path just because you see the way that the world is just talking to the two different genders at the same time yeah. and it's is like crazy and it's maddening mm-hmm. and it like it's just all of those things. And so I from that perspective, I I try to be like extra careful of like we don't genderize color in my house. Like there's a just a lot of things I just refuse to give into because mm-hmm. I'm just like this all this is just so messed up. Yeah. So there's no linear path. It's just I think the more you know and the more I do a lot of like inner work and self-work and energy healing and that kind of stuff. And the more that you become, I think, self-aware and more sure of who you are, the more you could be like, Oh, that's just society's BS way of like trying to put me into a box yeah. and that's absurd and I'm not gonna accept it anymore.
2: Do you think kids today are more self aware of who they are than say when we were Uh, kids.
1: I do. My kids go to a progressive Jewish Montessori school in Brooklyn, so Mm. we're at the height of like kale chips and stuff like that. Am I allowed to curse on this podcast? (laughs) Yes, you are. Um, People notice that all the time. Yes. So, (laughs) like my my kids in general are like very like I get a weekly update from the classes every week, and they have a whole section on you know emotional intelligence and Mm. like my parents the parents of my generation that grew up with like i don't feel like there was a lot of language around like feelings and yeah. you know like <laughs> <laughs> I, any I of that yes, and just like empathy like especially oh, my yeah. my mother is the daughter of holocaust survivors and mm. just like just the mentality is so different like the survivor mentality versus a thriving mentality versus like we all are trying to be like woke humans raising woke humans and like right. i think people like me or me, I should just say, like I'm always seeking out ways to refine my own communication, or that's Mm -hmm. why I'm working so hard to try to like dig deeper into my emotional reactions to things. And so I try to be very careful to teach my children how to like be in touch. And more Mm. than that, how do you how do you communicate feelings and emotions and also feel confident or settled in your own feelings and emotions and like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. how do you react to other people? Like yeah. all of those things that I, I, I mean it's such a generalization for me to be like parents generation, but at least in the Jewish New Jersey <laughs>
0: communities
1: <laughs> that I grew up in, I feel like there was just a different mentality. Like the boomers have a different mentality. Their yeah. focus was on very different things. Right, right, right. And so I I think that I see a very big difference. But again, mm-hmm. I live in like a very progressive microcosm of Brooklyn. Yeah, so like uh. I'm speaking very singularly to my own experience. So
2: how, how does your values and everything that we just talked about in terms of what you're teaching your kids how does that bleed into work right because you have the participation agency which is almost 8 years old is yeah. that almost 8 years old yeah. right i definitely want to get into you know what led to starting the agency as well too but yeah. how do those values lead yeah. into the values and culture at work
1: totally well? yeah. so we have a we actually have a set of pretty strong values here at the company and two of the main ones are empathy mm-hmm. and curiosity which I think are like age agnostic and you know, being empathetic in a work situation is not just let me make sure the person next to me isn't sad, but it's like how do you see yourself as part of the larger picture, whether Mm. that's like in client relations as a teammate on a project or how are you being empathetic to yourself as a worker, you know, like all that. And then the curiosity piece too, I think is a huge one for me of just like how are you constantly cultivating excitement and inspiration and being a person who brings those learnings like back to a team, and also on another one of our huge values here is resiliency, which is something that is so important, especially in the line of work that we do, which is like very fast moving, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. we do a lot of like event production, and like something always goes wrong, like it just does. It's the world, yeah, it's the
2: world we, yeah, live, in. The yeah. world we live in, yeah. and
1: like you just have to be resilient. And when you're in client services, like clients come and go, and like mm-hmm. you gotta you gotta bounce back. And so those are some very big values here that I think are universal, but like are huge here. And like we only actually articulated our values values I think it was two years ago. And I think had we had done it eight years ago, we would have had a we would have had a very different list. But gotcha, we've we've gotcha. grown into our value system, I, gotcha. I would say. Okay, okay, yeah.
2: And what led to starting the the company?
1: Yeah, so my co-founder Jessica Wrestler and I um, we were both getting our MBAs at NYU and we had both had had small businesses before this. Mm-hmm. And both of those small businesses ended with bad partnerships. Mm. Then she and I met and started working together on a couple of different projects. Like she had a branding agency, I had a children's fashion company. I hired her branding agency, then we worked on other projects together and we were just like entrepreneurship was is our path yeah, yeah. for both of us, yeah. whether we like it or not, it's mm-hmm. not going away. Um, <laughs> on the days when I don't like it, I'm just like, why won't this go away? Um, but <laughs> and, and Jessica was like very, very embedded in honestly New York city nightlife at the time. Mm. And she's the creative director of our business and really like lives and breathes how to create an experience off of a brand. Mm-hmm. And, we were just like, what is the future of marketing? And eight years ago, saying experiential was like saying social media ten years before that, where mm-hmm. everybody knew that they had to do it, but they didn't necessarily know why and they didn't necessarily know how. Mm-hmm. So we said, if we can really like figure out a point of view and kind of go gangbusters at the beginning, we think that we can make a dent here and really like take a decent piece of market share and create create a viable business which is what we did awesome
2: awesome so almost eight years in congratulations on that what keeps you going every day
1: being able to evolve the business at our own pace i think Mm -hmm. is what keeps me going and knowing that whenever there is a time that's hard which certainly always comes like there will be the thing that catapults us out of that hardship and actually catapults us to the next level Mm. as opposed to maybe like More corporate path, which to me, I mean, I haven't done it. So this is all just me (laughs) guessing. um, Seems a little bit more of like a slower role. And I like being able to build something at my own pace Mm, mm. and having ownership. I mean, I'm a very like type A Aries. So, like, you know, Uh being able to like just like go hard and go all the way and like be really like ballsy about things is just a really big part of my nature. And it just was the right path.
2: for That's me. basically how yeah. we met at the the, yeah. show, the conference we were at. I got off the stage and you just came up right up to me. I was like, we need to talk. I'd like yeah. to <laughs> said, put me your podcast. And he here said, we are. Okay. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, I've become a sale. I'm a salesperson now. Go. So which is something I didn't ever think yep. I would be. So it's all part of it. Yeah. Yeah. You know,
0: it's interesting. Like, did, did you have mentors? How did you develop this confidence and, you know, do you have heroes or did you have folks, you know, work with you and that's how you developed this talent? You know, I, I I love how you talk about working with people and helping them to succeed. How did you learn those skills? And how did you learn how to do that?
1: That's a lot of questions rolled into one. I'll try to unpack them. (laughs) Um, I'll talk about the mentor thing first. I do have mentors. Both of my mentors are actually men, which Mm. is like surprising for me because I don't know, it just is. I rely on them when I need to. Mm -hmm. I think mentorship is really important. I am doing a job I've never done before. I mean, mm. we all are. But yeah. like I've never yeah. built an agency before. And I'm like pretty good at what I'm good at, but also there's a ton that I don't know, yeah. obviously. And so just yesterday I texted one of my mentors and I was just like, I don't know what to do about X, Y, and Z mm-hmm. situation. Like, help. And he was like, Let me help you. <laughs> um, so I definitely have sought out some people that are really beneficial for me just mm-hmm. in terms of straight up like guidance. Yeah. I wouldn't necessarily say that I have heroes. I listen to a lot of like podcasts, not necessarily business podcasts, but I'm always looking for different types of people that I can find relatable for me in mm-hmm. whatever way. I'm, I've listened to a lot of like health and wellness things. And like, well, I know we'll talk more about inspiration later, but yeah. I'm always looking for different. People who have some sort of skill set or capability or lifestyle that I think is really awesome because mm-hmm. I think it just expands your belief that it exists and yeah. that it's out there. <laughs> you know, there are a lot of business people who have made like great deals that I think like that's really amazing. Mm-hmm. What were the other? What were the three last parts of the question? <laughs> well, I mean,
0: that, that was that was uh yeah, it was like twenty questions, but you know, <laughs> I, I think you touched on most of them, and I'm and I'm curious about. Your sort of work life balance. How, how does that sort of work out? You know, you've got a life at work, and then you got a life at home. How yeah. do you manage all that? Is there such a
1: thing? <laughs> so, or? 2019, Ruthie has a very different answer from 2018 and before. <laughs> Ruthie, I can start with 2019, Ruthie, and then go backwards. So now that. You know, I finally at, at year eight. I I've been working with a with an executive coach for like a year and a half, which has completely changed my life and my business. And I think she's been really, really helpful in getting me out of like just insane hustle mode all the time and feeling like just crazy about everything and so emotionally attached to everything, which has been really helpful and also really helping me to see that like if I take an extra hour in the morning to work out. I'm gonna feel so much better about me and yeah. I'm gonna feel healthier and like I don't drink coffee, so that's how I wake up in the morning and then I'm gonna to come to work and have a way better day. But like it took probably a year of me like not believing that till I actually believed it. So
2: you don't drink coffee?
1: I don't drink any caffeine. Oh man, I wish yeah. I could mm, get there.
2: Yeah. I'm hooked.
1: <laughs> Some days I'm just like, I just wish I could walk around with an iced coffee right now. It'd be so fun. Um, so now I have I don't know if balance is the right word because I feel overwhelmed like all the time, mm. I would say. Like, you know, I'm a doer, I'm a very proactive person. So, this morning and the 30 minutes I had between working out and coming to my office, I cleaned out my kids' closets and, you know, <laughs> did stuff like that. And that's not to say I don't laze around, I do. I mean, I have plenty of days where I do nothing, but I think all the parents out there know that it's really hard to get stuff done on the weekends. And so, yeah, I, I don't know what balance even really means, how people are really defining that even more. I'm taking a little bit more time for myself to like be a human, mm. knowing also that like m- that means that I'm getting out of the weeds, which is really helpful for my brain because that's when I'm doing my bigger thinking. Right. Like when I'm sitting at my desk
0: yeah. and
1: answering emails and having meetings with my team, I'm, that's not where my big inspiration vision thinking comes. Right. It also doesn't free me up to like hang out with clients and that kind of stuff. So, For me, being out of the office a little bit more is really helpful. But this is the first year that I don't feel guilty about that, is what I was, my point about the Mm. pre 2019 (laughs) Ruthie is it's not to say that I didn't do it because when you're like a parent and a human, you have to take some time every now and again. But I always felt really horribly guilty about it. Mm. And like I would come in later than my team and I'd like, Slinking through the side door, or like make up an excuse. <laughs> and finally, my business partner was like, "You own the company. Like you don't have to make an excuse. Like, <laughs> want to come in an hour later? You can come yeah. in an hour later." But I didn't understand that or believe it or internalize it until like this year.
0: Mm. You know, you said bigger thinking and inspiration. Where do you draw that from, or where does that come from?
1: In terms of like. I think is. I think generally
0: like family and then at work, you know. Sometimes, sometimes people split them into two, and sometimes those lines cross. And what you know inspires you at work, and then what sort of inspires yeah. you at home?
1: Yeah, um, I don't know. I I'm a person I think that's sort of always looking for inspiration. Mm-hmm. Like I I'm really into theater. Like I'm very into like culture and. I would say theater is sort of maybe my biggest cultural passion right now. Really? I try to immerse myself in that. I, I read a lot of fiction, honestly. I'm really into like I don't know, beautiful writing. So I've I've been reading some like heavier novels now, but like they're taking me a long time, but because I'm like savoring every sentence. Mm. Um, I'm also really into fitness, so there's a lot of great ideas. Like, there's this one spinning instructor that I'm obsessed with, who is probably the only person in the world that like makes me nervous. And I like every six months, I like make up a fake question so I can talk to him after class. But I've gone up to him several times to be like, "This class is better than all of the therapies I've ever paid for." Like, you just get such cl- like uh, the movement for me is very the adrenaline that I get from movement. Takes my brain into like way higher places. And so I get a lot of clarity and inspiration and calm through movement, to be honest and i'm also like sort of this like extrovert introvert mix i think those of us in client services like you have to be on 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 and yeah. then i'm not on like i have my headphones on i don't want to talk to anybody so there's a lot of also an internal dialogue that i do and listening to either it's music or like i was saying podcasts that that really helps and then at home i mean you know i love hanging out with my kids Like I said, I I mean, I try to like read a lot of books and I honestly haven't been watching a lot of TV, but Queer Eye season four that takes place in Japan is amazing. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I'm trying to like meditate and honestly rest more. I had a really crazy year in terms of travel, like crazy trips that I'm too old to do. And so I'm trying to also just like, Slow the f down a little bit, and like I'm the type of parent where like my children have a very set routine. Mm. And I finally, like three weeks ago, was like, I think I need a routine. Can somebody make sure I go to bed at a certain <laughs> time? And just you know, just honestly, just trying to slow down and take a breather. And because mm. that's where my inspiration really comes is when I have space.
2: Gotcha, gotcha. What advice would Ruthie almost eight years into participation in agency give Ruthie that was just starting the
1: agency That's a wonderful question. I think just really believing that like people are gonna come and go whether they're employees or their clients or their mentors like people just come and go and don't stress because everyone's here and every project is here to like teach you a lesson and mm-hmm. to be to get you to the next level and when they go it just means something better is coming i think is is a really big one gotcha okay until like try to I don't know. I mean, I would say try to emotionally disconnect, but I think feeling, I think internalizing the business for the first however many years did really help it grow, so mm. I'm not sure that that's good advice, <laughs> but it's good advice for now.
2: Yeah, yeah, gotcha, <laughs> gotcha. All right, a uh, little bit of a fun question that I love asking every yeah. guest on the podcast. Yeah. So your phone, which yes. I'm sure you're on a lot throughout the day. Yeah. yeah, Give me three apps that you use all the time, but it can't be your calendar or your email app.
1: Okay, I use the Peloton app almost every day to do a yoga class. Okay. I'm yeah. raising
2: my hand because I'm a big Peloton fan, a but I use the bike. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: I'm a, I have the bike, but I honestly yeah. do the yoga like almost every day. I love it. Okay. I'm going to be pedestrian and say Amazon because my life doesn't <laughs> function without a prime <laughs> one click order. Um, and then the next is ai I'll I'll, get, I'll just give you three, a tie up between three food yeah. kick, food kick where I order my groceries, <laughs> Wonderlist, where I try to store all my thoughts and also honestly like note uh I was gonna say notes but Inkscape meditation app I'm trying to do every day. Gotcha.
0: Okay, okay.
1: That's a that's a lot. Yeah. But.
0: <laughs> well Ruthie, thank you so much for joining us. And you know, often our listeners like to connect. So tell everyone where they can find you to continue the conversation.
1: Yeah. I'm at Ruthie, R-U-T-H-I-E, at thisisthepa.com.
0: Excellent. Well, everyone, thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing all the episodes. And you can find us everywhere you find your podcasts. Thanks a lot.